Welcome to Coast to Coast, an NBA podcast by the fans, for the fans. My name is Chris, and hosting with me is my guy, Ronan. Tune in every week as we dive into the hottest content and emerging rumors across the league. Dodgers pulls up, three-pointer, bang, bang, it's good, Dodgers wins the game at the buzzer. Don't miss a beat, whether it's a star on the move or the Knicks acquiring another forward, we got you covered. Zion for four, for four, welcome to the NBA. The game is constantly evolving, and whether it's by the eye test or advanced stats, we'll give you the analysis you need to take your fandom to the next level. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! Sit back and relax. Coast to Coast starts now. What's up and welcome back, everybody. We're here on a Thursday night with another episode of Coast to Coast. Ronan, we, we got to talk about something here real quick. Last episode, you decided to trash talk the Nets. And they turn around, they absolutely annihilate my Bulls last night. Not very happy about that. And I just bring up Barrett's shooting woes and all of a sudden he dropping two 30-point games in a row. But what's what's going on here? Like, should should we maybe, maybe we should start off the podcast? Can you trash talk the Bulls a little bit? Maybe maybe that'll do some <laughs> some wonders here. But man, let can you can you just help me out? Let's talk about some Nets Bulls. I need a little little therapy. I'm still still burning up a little bit over that game. I, I've been trash talking the Knicks all year. It hasn't helped. So don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't need to go that far. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean. It was absolutely the bounce back sort of game that the Nets really needed. Uh, of course, it was the first game with Kyrie. Obviously, he didn't really contribute too much in terms of in terms of scoring, but it's the first kind of big game they've had with Kyrie and the team. And it's no coincidence that they show their best performance in in a in a big game so far this year. Uh, pardon, I, I tore into we both tore into him a little bit on a. Uh, on the last episode, he he got he got himself going. Durant was as good as ever, and it was, it was it all kind of came down to that third quarter though. That was the oh one where God. Bulls really just just didn't play, and Brooklyn took over. And if you give a team like Brooklyn an inch, you haven't you haven't got a hope. Like they take a hundred miles. Yeah, they take a hundred miles. They didn't take a mile. That was that third quarter is everything fell apart and. It's because of how lethal they are offensively. When I say they, I I, I got to give Harden. I mean, Harden played like an all-star. Kevin Durant played like the MVP that he is. He was absolutely unstoppable in the third quarter. I mean, 17 points. He was just scoring on consecutive plays, getting to the line. I think it was three times in a row. So, I mean, the, the, the Bulls offense, number one, and you got to give credit, not just Durant. It wasn't just him in that third quarter. It was the defense. Harden was facilitating. Durant was scoring everything he wanted. And the defense was so, so good. And I think that's what we got to give them credit for. Because a lot of people who are lining the nets can't talk really about their offense because it's going to come. And when I say it's like they're already a top five offense on any given night. But in terms of being an unbeatable offense, that's going to come. But the defense has not been good. And especially with, with Claxton out, you, you imagine that DeRozan was going to have his way in the paint. Levine was going to have his way in the paint. Vooch was going to have whatever he wanted in the paint, especially. But they held really strong on their help defense. Weak side help was there all the time. They're rotating perfectly. They, they who, who is Kessler? I don't even know who that is. They, they, got a ru- they got a rookie start. They got two rookies starting. Kessler Edwards, Dan Sharp. And both those guys on the defensive end definitely contributed. Just a complete performance, not just the third quarter, but that's that's where it was slipped away. It was 71 tied, and I turn around and it's just it's it's over. Like they took that that 20 point mark, you you don't come back from that against the Nets, especially when they're playing at an even average level. They just need a little spurt like that in the third, and it's over. Yeah, 100 percent I think what the, did they put up 75? No, what what was it? What did they put up in the second half overall? I think they had they had something. They weren't they weren't far off at it. I think it was like thirty seven and thirty eight or 
something around it was 76 it was 76 points in the in the second half yeah like 76 that's, points. that is i think they that that included a 48 to 10 run which is just kind of that is just frightening it was it was a, a healthy reminder for for uh for guys like me that this brooklyn nets team sh- cannot be slept on they cannot when they're at their best and when they have their full complement, they are still so capable of dominating anyone. And in fairness to the Bulls, it's it's kind of the first time really that that's, that, that sort of blowout defeat has happened to them this year. They obviously aren't at their, their full complement at the moment. So from your point of view, I don't think, yeah, and a Bulls point of view, I don't think you, you should be taking it too hard as long as you bounce back from it. But in terms of the Nets, it was a performance that was really needed, and you hope that it's not just having Kyrie back that sparked Harden's performance, and you hope that this is another another chance for him to really kind of kickstart the season and get back to the MVP player that we all know that he is still he is still now. Yeah, that's that's we, we got to talk about him real quick. I mean, we got to I think we got to hone in a little bit on Durant too. Um, just in, in terms of what they did from a statistical standpoint, Durant assisted on 23 points. Harden assisted on 40 points. Together, they accounted for 115 of the Nets' 138 points. That's insane. Kyrie Irving did, I mean, he was, he, I think what he was in this game was a lot of times a decoy and he was adding pressure on the defense. Um, but I mean, th- those nine points, that, that that wasn't what changed the game. I mean, they, uh, without Kyrie Irving, almost <laughs> scored 140 points on a top 10 defense. And l- let me say this, is that you're absolutely right. I mean, for the Bulls, switch over to the Bulls real quick. I- I'm not that worried. It was obviously, it was a crushing defeat, man. Like you, and but to feel crushing defeats like that means something. That means there's something to fight for this season. It means that you face a team like the Nets and you're upset that you lose because you have the chance to win. You have a chance to win against a team that's not just good. They're, they're great. And they're going to be, if they're healthy and if things change in terms of vaccination status, whatever, all that jazz, the Nets should be a historical juggernaut. And it, man, it feels a lot like those heroes days against LeBron and the Heatles where there's just moments where LeBron Wade and Chris Bosh are all just, heating up Ray Allen's in shots and you're like this isn't fair there's so many moments last night we are like this isn't fair Kevin Durant should not be on the same team as James Harden as James Harden's hitting step back threes Durant's hitting every fade away he's getting to the line three times it's it's just it didn't feel fair and that's what's so amazing about this team I mean the, the passing from them is what really jump-started this um on average there's six in the league in pass in assists per game it's at 25.8. Tonight they had, or last night rather, they had 35 assists. And just the way they're moving the ball against a team who's really good at help defense. And the Bulls are very good on their rotations. They're very crisp. They don't miss assignments very often. I would assume for a rookie, I mean, he played well, but I mean, they were just overmatched. They had to double Durant immediately in the way that Durant passed the ball off of that pressure. He just knew where to go. It got guys like Dayron Sharp. And again, who? Dayron, I've, I've he's played 136 minutes this season so far. I, I haven't heard him once. It must have been a lot of garbage minutes, but I've never heard this guy before. Just scored 20 easy points off of rim rolls. That's it. Patty Mills, 21 points off of six of eight shooting from three. Those are all wide open at the corner. Wide open. Because Durant got it going, and he's such an underrated passer. We don't give Durant enough credit as an all-around player. We always... Everyone, including the announcers, are always talking about, oh, he's the scoring champion, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't speak to how good he is in all facets of the game, including passing. I mean, he's such a heady passer. He knows how to get his guys involved. And, of course, James Harden, I mean, 16 assists. It's it's unbelievable. You can't – I don't think you can stop it Not like that. I could say you can add Caruso. You could add Pat Williams. Maybe you add, add a guy like Jeremy Grant, for example, instead of – Pat Williams, say, say they're there. I still don't think the Bulls win this game. If, if they're playing like that, they don't win this game. And the Nets can say that they're not at full strength. They don't have Nick Claxton. They don't have really that that go-to big that they still need. This was just a absolute statement win. 
this week of all statement wins that they've had. When you have a when you have a a four a four guard a four player offense like KD Harden Irving and Patty Mills, I think I think you're going to be all right. And it, and if they are obviously when we were seeing all the stuff about the fines that Brooklyn might have to pay to be able to play Kyrie Irving. I think they should. They are going to be more than happy to do that, especially come playoff time. It's really, I don't think it's that much money in terms of uh, in terms of what uh, what the owners of the Brooklyn Nets uh, are worth. I think it's. I think it would be a total around sixty eight, seventy thousand to 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 actually play him like a like a normal player. Is that something they're willing to do? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Per game. No, no total. Total. Five thousand is going to be the max. <laughs> Dude, that's that's max. like that's like probably the cost that they pay like one and a half like floor wipers. Yeah, I mean no, like, like it's a what was it? It's like one thousand for the first offense, then two thousand, then three thousand, then it goes up. I think on the fourth offense it's five thousand, and that's that's a, that's the max it goes. It's five thousand then for any, every offense after after that. Say say let, let's say this. Say it's a a jailable offense. Do you? As the Nets owner, do you just take one for the team and you say, "All right, I'll take take me to prison. I'll I'll do it for Kyrie Irving too." <laughs> maybe <laughs> you, you I, I, I wouldn't go that far now, but I think uh, I think the Nets uh, Nets fans would be more than happy for them to uh, for the owner to to be acting like that. But one thing I will say, if, if it does come to to getting Kyrie back in the team, I think Patty Mills is just going to go off. Then I mean, the amount like you saw it last night, the amount of open looks he was getting. With Paddy Mills playing in a team alongside Durant, Harden, and Kyrie, my God, he it's capable of him. He could be the freaking MVP of the finals because he's just going to get so many open looks. Oh. All right, let's, let's not go a little, a little too far here. Hey, a little too far. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Um, but, yeah, let, let's let's stay off of it. I think it's, I'm still a little bitter. It was a tough loss. Um, but I, I guess one last thing I do I'd say is that um, Levine, I, I will say I've, I've always touted the line with Levine. I think he's made such amazing strides. And to this day, it just blows my mind how much better he's gotten. But I think the Nets expose something that a lot of teams don't expose too much of Levine, at least this year is there, there are times where he doesn't do well under heavy ball pressure and you and you really don't want to pressure Levine a lot because of how explosive he is at getting to the rim he has such a quick step and I think his his um, ability to cross up guys has definitely gotten better but he's a lot of times lackadaisical um, with the ball and they really expose that really poking the ball loose and and I got to give credit to this guy I mean Kessler Edwards. I mean, he was hounding Levine all night and those five turnovers, they don't jump off the page, but they were a small fraction of the amount of times that Levine was picking up the ball, losing the ball and having to change directions, blown, having plays blown up and guys like Kessler Edwards. If, if you can get a guy like that to blow up Levine and, you know, that's, that's a signal that that's a, that's something the Bulls are going to have to watch out for in the playoffs. They, they got to set up more for him. And Vooch really has to do more as, as a pick and popper. Like this is a game he needed to, to crush. So I won't just chalk it up to the Nets being amazing. I, I think, you know, the Bulls could have done things on their end too. Um, we'll see. I mean, that, yeah, it's, that, it's that, two, that, two, two to one. We're yeah, still that, winning that, the that, series. That, that's what you want though. You want those kind of these sort of games where you kind of open the eyes before before getting carried away there's still things you got to work on you still you still know there's things you're going to really have to step up on come playoff time and that was that 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 performance last night was an eye opener for for the bulls and something to to really kind of hone in on uh, coaching wise and uh, off the court now heading into playoffs they're they're still going to be a solid team this year they're still Maybe they won't finish as the number one seed, but they're still going to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat for the rest of the season. It's just going to be about where they're going to be at come playoff time because this is a team that has not experienced the playoffs, really. I think DeRozan's got a bit of experience, but often known as a flopper come the playoffs. So it, it's, it's going to be... That's why I keep saying oh, to you, on. I'm really intrigued to see what this Bulls team is like come playoff time. And last night was uh, an example of, of a game that 
of a team they could be coming up against in the playoffs. And that's those are the little things they're going to have to work on. Snuck in that little flopper comment there. Hey, it's the way it is. I'm not saying sneaky. it's going to happen again, but it's sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> many people have said it before. He, he does have his way of getting to the line. Um, but let's move on here to something that today I, I, I'm just checking my phone, walking down the hall, minding my business, and I see a trade alert, a Woj bomb. Or I, I guess in this case, maybe it's a Woj grenade. I guess it's not the biggest deal of all time. But Cam Reddish, one of the most polarizing players, I think, in the NBA, gets traded to your New York Knicks. I, I see this. I, I literally walk into a poll because I was <laughs> I'm, I'm reading. I'm like, oh, my God, this is exactly the trade I was, I was wondering if they would make. And it was just so interesting to me as I was thinking about it the other day. Um, and really, I, I think we have to think about this from one way. There's only one place to begin, as you love to say, the, the Kevin Knox era is over. And I mean, just, can we just go back to summer 2018? Got God's plan, Drake, best song in America. Knox looked like <laughs> the next Kevin Durant in summer league. And ironically, that was probably the closest the Knicks ever got to getting KD was Kevin Knox <laughs> in the summer league. But man, I mean, this is such an interesting move to me because New York Knicks are just dealing with a lot of issues this season. Um, you know, you got Barrett heating up right now and Julius Randle losing favor of the Knicks fan base and the Knicks make a move, not for Jeremy Grant, not that guy who is, who's the, you know, the guy who's maybe going to steady a ship, uh, a role player is going to steady a ship, but Reddish, I mean, he's, he's, I don't know, a lot of people think a lot of different things about him. And that's what I'm interested to know what you think about this move what what does cam reddish in your opinion bring to the knicks how, how does he fit into this and how does he fit into their future plans i think it, it, it's a great addition not just because they they got it for almost next to nothing really yeah nothing. i mean they had to give up kevin knox and a, and a protected 2022 pick from charlotte i'm not i'm not too uh too disappointed in that i mean reddish is is a guy who Hasn't got enough of a look in, uh, really. And I think that was one of the reasons why he wanted out of Atlanta. He wanted to go to a team where he was going to get a bit more of a look in and to a team that had the had the ability to extend him th- this summer. I don't think, I think the Atlanta weren't really looking looking like they were going to, they wanted to uh, to extend him. And the, the potential is there and... He'd be a he could he could come in and prove a great backup for Fournier. Like Fournier, obviously he only really goes off when he's playing against the Boston Celtics, but <laughs> he's kind of the shooting and scoring guy that that they brought in this um this past offseason. And if we have Cam Reddish in there as an example of a guy who's gonna do it on the defensive end and can also really heat up from three, if this guy exceed, uh, reaches his potential. This could prove a genius mark, and I think it, it's really, it's a good mark for team building. This is this is a smart mm-hmm. trade for 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 showing signs that this next team is still looking to build in the right direction. Absolutely, yeah, I I do agree with that. Um, and just to touch on that original point you had about um the, the trade value, it's it's insane trade value because really it's you you bought yourself a scratch ticket for for pretty cheap. And I don't, I don't know if, if this is this is a mega bucks where you think you're going to win a, the super superstar or this is your typical, you know, $5 scratch ticket where you're going to win a hundred bucks. Um, but I, we'll, we'll talk about his, his ceiling here. But I think an interesting Woj quote that made sense is that the other day he said, quote, teams around the league have some level of interest in Reddish. <laughs> that has has to just be the most thinly veiled way of saying teams aren't really that interested in Cam Reddish. Um, and man, I mean, what what a what a bargain deal for a guy who, when he was drafted, I, I think a lot of people thought he had Paul George potential. I I thought he had Paul George potential, and then that's that's where we kind of have to to parse things out here because. With the Hawks, it's it's tough. It, it's Trey Young's show. At best, Cam Reddish is a secondary creator. When Bogdan's there, he's definitely third. De- depending on who's got it going, he's fourth, fifth. Maybe he's a spot-up shooter. Um, th- there's just been so many ways that he's been deployed on one of the deepest teams in the league in the Hawks. 
And man, they, they just got no value for him. They, they got, they got nothing for him. And I, and I thought maybe the Hawks would be able to, to consolidate their players, consolidate that value, maybe push for someone a little bit more major. Um, maybe Ben, Ben Simmons. I, there's, you've been hearing about potential for a Ben Simmons trade, but it, when for the Knicks, it seems like a really good buy. I don't want to talk too much about the Hawks. I think they deserve some talk later on, but I'm surprised that this was what they got in the end for what was potentially an interesting trade chip and a bigger deal. Yeah, especially it's even more interesting now that the, the, the Hawks kind of seemed almost of just really wanted to, to to get Cam Reddish out because I think that I'll also see after the deal was confirmed, they were saying that earlier in the week, the Hawks were asking for Quentin Grimes is not and not Kevin Knox, and the Knicks didn't want to do that. Really? And yeah, and they were obviously able to get him down to Kevin Knox, a guy who's played little. <laughs> When's the last time he saw the court? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I like Quentin Grimes. Yeah, so I, 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 Grimes, I, I, it, it, I like that from from the Knicks. It, it just shows on the from the Hawks' point of view that they were kind of really. Really eager just to get get Cam Reddish off the books and and just move on. But mm. on that side of it, you, you kind of be a bit nervous, thinking, okay, they're they're the team that have have seen this guy develop in his in his, in his couple of years in, in the NBA. But at the same time, Reddish was a key part of that that Duke team that was was really talented. They they obviously the the main hype went to Zion who obviously went number one and RJ went number three, but Cam Reddish was a big part of that team as well. And mm-hmm. Hey, let's, let's, let's hope that, uh, that, that duo can combine for some, uh, some nice plays in New York. And and maybe this brings the next dreams true. Maybe this isn't about the duo. Maybe this is about the trio. <laughs> is, is this, is this what brings Zion where he belongs to New York? <laughs> Hey man, let's let's be real here. Crazy, uh, crazier, I'm gonna say it. Crazier things have happened, and I don't know. Something's got to go. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna get into the Zion stuff because that just gets me angry. But <laughs> something's got to give with Zion, and maybe maybe it could be a could be a move to New York. Get the get the Duke get the Duke Alliance together and uh, bring back big things in New York. Yeah, I mean, but we're, we're waiting for it. The the big thing that Cambridge is gonna bring, and you said is is defense and Thibodeau is gonna love this guy Mm -hmm. defensively you know you talk I think we talk too much about what Cam Reddish could be instead of focusing in on what he is now because what he is now is it's really good it is really good because when you think defense you think I honestly think prime Paul George in terms of defense alone that's what I'm talking about it he has that same lanky frame if you look at their physicals they're literally like the same human body lateral quickness he's got the snappy hips and he just has these innate instincts that allow him to get into passing lanes and i i think as a point of attack defender he has potential to be all defense and i, th- I think he's going to be great weapon for tips to put out there um and then when you talk offense and this is where i mean the, the jury the jury's been out for a while i mean it's been like years the jury's tired. The jury should go home. I, I, I think that they should make a decision right now. And I think a lot of people have, but like what, what is bridges in terms of offense? Cause that's what defines him. I think we know how good he's going to be defensively, how good he is now, but is he Mikhail bridges? Because I, I think that's really good. We can see Mikhail bridges. You put him on the Knicks. You're not talking about him. You put Mikhail bridges on the Suns, where he's fulfilling his role to perfection. He's great. And everyone talks about him because he's on a great team. He's fulfilling a really huge need for a contending team. But I think the reality is for a lot of players is they can do some things, especially when we talk offense, but it's about doing less of the things that you can do. Okay. And just focusing on the things that you do great. Cause Cam Reddish in terms of defense, I don't think that he's, I think that he has, potential to produce at the same level as Mikhail Bridges in the right system. And I, and I don't think that he's far off. And in fact, I I'll prove he's not far off from Mikhail Bridges because it's all about shot selection. Cause as a catch and shoot three point shooter, he's a 40% shooter from three. He's a four, 42% shooter, actually, I should say. Um, so he's already there. It just depends on where he chooses to go. And that's the development pathway. 
what, 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 how do the Knicks develop him? Are they going to tell him, Hey, you're, you're going to be our Michaela Bridges. We have our playmakers here, whether it's from the point guard position, if that's Kemba, whether that's Randall, um, whether that's Barrett and you hope it's Barrett because we saw what he's done recently and you've seen flashes of it all year and that's what you want from Barrett. Um, but I mean, as, as a fan, when you get a, when you get a guy in there like that, I mean, the first thing you, you probably think is the ceiling, right? Is, is, are you, are you more a pessimist or an optimist of, of what Cam could be? Are you the, he's going to give him the ball more. He could become Paul George or simplify the game for him. Let him become a Mikhail Bridges. I think simplify the game is, is the way to go, especially especially the early days. I think right now, I think he's a New York player now. I think Coach Tibbs got to sit down with him and tell him exactly what he wants from him. I think last year the Knicks were, were a top defensive team. We lost a little bit of that in the off season, and we haven't been the same sort of defensive animal this season. And they got a little bit of that back with Cam Reddish. So I think... The main focus for Tibbs is definitely just going to be the defense, especially yeah. just for the remainder of this year. But I think he needs to let Cam know what his plan is, even if it's just for the next the next three three months, and then maybe we can look to developing him a bit more next season. Obviously, he's still a young guy. The the next season, I, I, I'm still harboring hopes, I guess, for for a play in maybe a deep. I, I guess, but uh, I think. <laughs> This season is just kind of about solidifying from here. It's been it's been a tough start. It's been a drop off from last year, but they bring bring in a guy like Cam Reddish. Tibbs gonna love the defense out of him. He's gonna hope that he can help this team get that bit better on the defensive end. The they've only shown in sporadic spurts so far this year, and he just say. You get open on that end, and we will find you, and you can knock down the three so He that's one thing he's. Tibbs has always talked about wanting to shoot the three more. You can find Cam Reddish with open looks. He's going mm-hmm. to be able to knock it down for you. I agree. I, I think if if his role is is spacing the floor, which they which they need more more consistently, and I think who the the big question I, I thought of is you know who's going to stand to lose the most on this roster from this move because you removed a non-player in Knox, so it's not like you're replacing Knox's minutes because he didn't have any. Um, I not sure how I feel about Burks or Fournier, Fournier in terms of losing minutes. And I, I honestly, I come down to the fact that Fournier has been very hot and cold. I mean, but he's your only true volume three point shooter on the wing. Burks is a semi volume three point shooter. I mean, he apparently is, I haven't looked at his fourth quarter scoring this year, but Last year he's on an absolute heater. I don't I don't know if he's a guy you want to pull from the from those fourth quarter minutes, but at least if you're pulling Fournier's minutes, even though you're paying him all that money, I mean this is about you know seeing what you have in the court. I, I think you're getting the same. I think you could stand to gain the same level of production from three. While I mean that's a massive upgrade defensively. I mean Fournier is a, is zero on defense, and if you're replacing a lot of his minutes with um, with reddish, I mean that that gives you a lot more two way play, and you're not giving up crazy runs when you got. I mean, you can't run out lineups with with quickly Fournier, Kemba, combinations of those guys out there. Um, I think it gives, like you said, it gives them a chance to be more competent all the time defensively, as opposed to having spurts of it. Yeah, yeah, I think that, I hope that that's that's exactly what the Knicks are thinking of making this deal. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, the last point here is just big picture for the Knicks because, again, they've been in rumors to get Jeremy Grant. They've been in rumors to be making calls across the league. Um, the most recent one came true right now with Reddish. It doesn't feel like they're done because the Knicks do want to compete. They want to be in the playoffs. And, you know, Reddish is – he's more of a boon than a savior. He's, he's going to help this team, but he's not going to be the difference maker that fixes anything. Um and just to harp on that point a little bit, you know, we can be positive about his his contributions defensively and all that. And you hope that things are simplified offensively. But I think the reason they need another trade and they need another move to get some stability and consistency is because he's anything but. You just added another really inconsistent shooter to an inconsistent shooting team. 
and you're going to give him real minutes because, I mean, you just have to. I mean, they wouldn't have made this trade without planning to do that. It, it seems like they're, if this is the only move they make and he's playing big minutes, you have the potential for some really clunky games between him, Randall, and R.J. Barrett. Yeah, that's New York basketball. They like they like to make it difficult for themselves. You know, they like to just make snap decisions like this. That's why, that's why they are so so inconsistent. <laughs> and you'll 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 never know it. You'll never know what the higher low could possibly be for them, because there's going to be nights where Cam Reddish is just going off for from three. He's going to hit like six of eight. RJ Barrett's going to be getting in the paint and scoring thirty points. Randall's going to be bullying people in the paint. And then the next game, they're all going to be clunking mid-range shots off the backboard. And I, I think Reddish has to lead the league in out-of-control layups since he got into the association. <laughs> it, there, there's just some crazy takes. And they're all guys that I feel like have too many moments of being out of control and doing too much. And they just need a table setter. They, they need Kemba's never been a table setter. He's never been a guy to, like, flow the offense. If they can get somebody to competently smooth out this team. It, it wasn't Rondo because he, he wasn't he wasn't a shooter, but I, I don't know what's out there, but they need some level of playmaking consistency and shooting, and we'll, we'll see what they make. I don't think they're done here. I don't. No, I, I have to agree. And you just, one thing I will say is I hope that, I hope that Randall can trust Cam Reddish and during the times that he is getting double teamed, he can yeah. be willing to kick it out to him. Fair, yeah. That, that's that's something that he has to do. That will improve. That'll improve his game. He's certainly dropped off from last year, and and one of the things he's doing a lot more this year is trying to force up shots when it's not on. And you hope Camerata's coming in, have a little bit of faith in him. Let let if you if he's open, and you're getting double teamed. Find him. Yeah, I, I think, I think that should come. That that's a. That's a big difference maker, and it's true. I, I wanna I wanna turn on the Knicks, and I wanna see more ball movement. I, I wanna I wanna see that because last last year was insane. That was a movie. Randall's performance last year was I mean it was it was a Disney movie. The the way he was hitting everything, and it's it it was so it was so out of nowhere because he's just never been a consistent three point shooter. He's never been a consistent pull-up shooter, but I mean, obviously you, you start to hear all the work he's done with Drew Hanlon and, and his footwork and in the mid range. And I think the attention this year and just the drop off the, the variance, I, it, it's just not the same. And yeah, they, they need a different look. I, I, I don't think they're done. It's not going to be, I don't think it's grants either. I think that move is off the table. That's, that's the first thing I think of, but we'll, we'll see what they do. I, I think the Knicks have, like you said at the beginning of it, the Knicks made a good move here. It, it wasn't, it wasn't expensive and it gave them a chance to continue to get younger and more athletic, better defensively. And there's some potential for the future. I'm, I am excited. I'll, I'll end on that. How about that? I'm not as happy <laughs> when you're excited about my Knicks. No, I'm more excited about the Memphis Grizzlies. We didn't have the chance to talk about them after they dismantled the Warriors. But let's remember this. Everyone who's hopping on the train and saying, oh, how are they so good? Are they one of the best teams in the league? Can they really contend? Blah, 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 blah. Dude, this has been the way it is for three months now. And in terms of like what they are as a team, that this has been the way it is since last season. The, in December, ESPN dubbed the Grizzlies as pesky, quote-unquote pesky, as the Warriors held them off to win 113-104. And then now after they beat the Warriors, they're dubbed as, quote, one of the best teams in the league, end quote. A lot, a lot has changed. And as Michael Scott would say, oh, how the turntables. I mean, every, everyone's lighting up about how they could be contenders. Well, well they are contenders, man. I mean, th- this, is, this is the statement game they needed on national television. And I think it's really interesting the way they did it. Um, but what would you think about John, man? I mean, just, just another performance. I'm not surprised, but it's, it's just crazy to see him do it against any competition, any night, anywhere. Yeah, man, the growth, growth in his game is just, it's, it's unbelievable. And the, the desire to win, you're seeing that, that sort of attitude. You saw that whole thing with the kid and the Steph Curry jersey trying to <laughs> high five him and all. 
I mean, I, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta uh, live that, that was hilarious. Guy, like, yeah, like that. That's just, that's just, that's 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 awesome. I, I loved, I really loved seeing that and his, his performance. Then the then the stretch in the clutch, came up with some big buckets. He, he he closed out the Golden State Warriors and and he did what the Memphis Grizzlies needed him to do, and that's what that's what Jazz becoming all about. This guy is an animal. The Grizzlies have won ten straight, and everyone is just, is finally starting to wake up. Yeah, and I'll I, I just I just need to talk about one little thing about this game. Um, number number one, I, I love that this is becoming a real rivalry between Golden State and Memphis. Yeah. You see, there's a lot of respect between them. There is a lot of they play very similarly. And one thing you'll notice out of all teams in the league, I don't think there's any teams that play in chaos better than the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Like when things are falling apart and people are missing shots and people are scrambling for rebounds and the ball's flying everywhere, shots are going, like they are both teams that are very composed and very aggressive and know how to get to their game. And that that's that's playoff material. That's contention material. And that's that's something that we've noticed from the Warriors for a while when they're good. Obviously they had, they had a little drop off for a couple of years, but that's something that you see in the DNA of this team. And what I want to talk about is not just this game, but in the bigger picture is, you know, people talking about contention. Yeah, let's, let's talk about it. Vibe is so important. You can talk about defense. You don't have to say more about it. They're amazing. You can talk about the variety of their offensive production. Jaw, ad nauseum. Bain should be most improved. Brooks isn't even back yet. That dude's aggressive as hell. Jaron Jackson Jr., what he can do from the five, all the second chances they get, rebounding, their great experience, what they had last year, but vibe. Yeah, I mean, this team has to lead the league in, in just primal screams on the court. I mean, they're, they're just constantly, like, unleashing energy. They're constantly in sync. They're just absolutely ferocious. I mean, the, the runs that they go on are jarring. Like, the opposing teams – like I said, the Warriors kept their composure, but when, when the Memphis Grizzlies are on a run against other teams, it's, it's fearsome. Like they, they are just trying to shove it down your throat. Every possession or Bane is just catapulting threes from 35 feet. And this is the vibe. I mean, they've, they're like a pack of wolves, man. And I, I don't know where they're going to end up seating. I know they're going to be the top four, but after getting booted in the first round last year, I would not be shocked if they sweep the hell out of somebody in the playoffs this year. That's how hungry they are. If, if, if Portland improves and, and sneaks in, if the, if the Clippers, if, if some like hobbled Western conference team sneaks into the bottom of the West and they face the Grizzlies, that that's, they're going to go for the kill. Yeah. And they're, 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 Almost certain to be a, a top four team. They're actually up to third now with the with the Jazz's struggles without without Rudy Gobert. So there's a good chance they're gonna be coming up against one of those one of those bereaved teams almost, or whether it be at either the LA teams, uh, Denver. Obviously, Jokic still is enough of an animal to scare anyone, but the whole team as a whole is not is not what it was last year. So there's a good chance that something like that is. Uh, most definitely on the cards. And I mean, stranger things have happened. It could be a, a similar sort of story to what we saw Atlanta do to the Knicks last year. It could be something, something along, something along those lines. Yeah. And I, and I think if you look at a lot of predictions, it's possible you might get like a Lakers Grizzlies matchup. And last year, the Lakers got absolutely handled by the Suns. And if they run into the Grizzlies this year, that's two years in a row of some very tough young matchups where they're I, – I, I'm really excited to see if, if that's what it ends up being. If it's them and the Timberwolves maybe, Clippers. But we'll, we'll get into that as we get closer. But let's talk about this game individually for the Grizzlies in particular. Talked about Ja. But one thing that was really surprising is that you get a tough game from Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain. They're both off. And what you get is their young guy, Zaire Williams, stepping up, Brandon Clark stepping up, Tyus Jones, the other guys produced in a way that you need 
them to in the playoffs. Again, another attribute of a true contender. And to start off, Zaire Williams, I didn't really know enough about him going to the draft. I, I mean, you read the scouting report, and what he did this game was special. For, for a young guy in their biggest game of the season, hit 17 points, three of seven on from three, and they were big shots. I mean, he was hitting big shots. He was, he was throwing lobs to Ja. He was getting lobs from Ja, and they just had – they had a synergy that really – I, I think that was the vision that the Grizzlies organization had when they drafted him. They saw this very long shooting, versatile wing who could both space the floor and run with jaw and just be fill a lot of the gaps that they have on that team. And he's a rookie. It's one game. He's he's not been consistent as every every rookie is, but really encouraging to see him produce in the spotlight like this. And I think there's a lot of potential there, um, again, on a really already very deep team to see a guy like him, who I think a lot of people would have thought would have been on the back of the bench this whole season. To produce like this, it's nuts. Yeah, it's, it's very impressive. And it's, it's a great sign for, for the Grizzlies that instead of showing up in a game that's, say, a blowout win against one of the, one of the lower, lower teams in the, in the league, it's... He he steps up when when the Grizzlies really needed him to. When that's that that's a sign of, of a strong mentality and that's a sign of a really talented player. And if that can continue, if that's a that's where where it's going to go from here, he can be a great addition to this to this Memphis team. Yeah, and we we got to shout out Tyus Jones. I mean, this guy is um, always amongst the best in the league at assist to turnover ratio, and I think a lot of people just see him as this, you know. Backup point guard who's going to take care of the game. That's it. That's that's how he's been viewed in this league. And he's doing a lot to change that this season. With Ja out of the lineup, nursing that injury, I mean, he was integral to their 13 wins without Ja. And this game, 17 points, eight assists. He didn't miss from three. Five of five. And a lot, a lot of them were huge, absolutely huge in um, their run in the third. But... I think we got to give him credit and we got to wonder how many, how many teams are going to come calling for, for ties. Cause the Grizzlies really appreciated his, his contribution. And I think he brings a lot, but what, what could Tyus mean in terms of a bigger trade? Maybe, maybe something, but he he's proving his, his value to this team. And same with Brandon Clark, another guy who's been floated in, in trade rumors. I mean, he's really reclaiming the image that we had of him for his rookie year. He's played amazing minutes on both ends of the ball. I mean, his energy is just palpable. He really fits in this team. But again, we're in this trade season. We got to look at all these events as pieces of the puzzle that will eventually lead to some moves here and there. And teams like the Bulls, too. There's a lot of teams that could use a big like Brandon Clark. And he really, really produced in this game set. And 14 points that's really good, but his nine rebounds in the minutes that he had, especially on the offensive end, that was that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and I think those that, that that's just another highlight of the great position that Memphis are in. I think they are only going to make moves that will break up any of this team if it's in a position to benefit them. They are not under pressure to have to to trade anyone. Everything is clicking at the moment with them. If there is a chance for them to to make a move to to make a a bigger move, then they might do it. But outside of that, I, I don't really see Memphis uh, exploring any any trades yeah, with any of their players. Yeah, uh, it would it would have it would have to be definitely have to be a big move, and that that's one thing with with a lot of buyers out there is that you know you're, you're not going to make a move unless you really need to, and that that is, that is true. That that's one out of it. Bulls aren't going to get Brandon Clark just for picks or whatnot. And that, that might've been the case. And that that's interesting with a lot of the injuries across the league is you give guys opportunities to shine and with recency bias, you know, are, are the Grizzlies going to be okay with letting go of Brandon Clark? They would have probably four months ago in the summer, for sure. I mean, he, he at times fallen out of the rotation, Tyus Jones, probably, but now with the performances they've had of late, it's, it's tough to imagine them breaking up something that's working so well. Um, as usual, 
if you let me talk about the Grizzlies, if you let me talk about the Bulls, in one podcast, we're going to go a little over. So uh, we, we got to at least end here with uh, one guy. And I, th- I think we want to do this more often is talk about some diamonds in the rough. There's some, there's some rough teams out there, man. But there's also so much talent around the league. And for a team like the Portland Trailblazers who have dealt with so much, they've dealt with all the rumors of Dame leaving and then Dame coming back and being bad and then Dame coming out. And now he's probably out indefinitely. Everything sounds like he'll probably be shut down for maybe the rest of the season. Anthony Simons is finally delivering on the image that we thought he was. I don't think we actually, I got to correct that. I would say Portland Trailblazers fans, they've been really high on this guy. You know, you, you see those flashes and I think any, any local team is going to love their, their local rookie, their, their young guy. And over the years, I think he's kind of dissolved amongst all these names of young stars. And I, I think I, I had him in a lot of random trades just to get in a role player, but the way he's playing recently I think it might be changing, not just, it's definitely changing how people are seeing him across the league. But I wonder if that changes what the Portland Trailblazers do in general. Anthony Simons right now is averaging 27.8 points, 7.6 assists, 3.2 rebounds, 95% from the line on four attempts, 44.6% from three, 11.2 assists. And 51% from the field. He's 50, 40, 90, 11.2 assists. That's crazy. Oh, sorry, 11.2 attempts. Can you read my own notes here? <laughs> but th- this is one month. I'll leave it at that. But I, I want to know if, if, if you think, I mean, does this change what Portland might want to do, given that they're, they're finally given their young guy minutes, and he's producing at right now, right now, at an all-star level. Yeah, I mean, the, he's playing now where in a situation where the pressure is off almost, which mm-hmm. could be huge for them. And it could, it could really give the, the Trailblazers a lot of options. It could really heighten his value as they look to rebuild a, a stronger outfit around Dame next year. I think that's still their plan is to, to rebuild somewhat with Dame still as the as the cornerstone of the franchise, but it also gives them the option that other teams are going to be looking at this and seeing this guy really is as talented as the trailblazers always thought. It's going to heighten his trade, his trade value, and also just his general viewing among the franchise. And maybe they're thinking, God, maybe this could be our new cornerstone if we were to, trade Dame and just blow it all up. This 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 guy could be a real talent in this league. It's kind of, a, it's a good situation for, for Portland at the moment. Things started badly. Dame came back, obviously he was probably playing with the injuries the whole time. That's why he was averaging pretty much career lows across, across the board really. But He's out now. I think I think they're gonna they're gonna bench him now for for the rest of the season. I don't really think they have much of a chance of of doing anything this season unless unless Simon's can uh, can continue this form right up until April. And then maybe they might have a chance at at at, uh, at the play in or something like that. But it's a great situation for Simon's, and you just hope that he can continue to show that this is the real Simon's that we we are seeing right now. Obviously, he's not gonna keep up with those insane numbers uh, all the way, but yeah, the, good, yeah. C- good consistent play from him. It'll be a huge difference maker to his career and potentially the future of the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. And uh, with full, with full disclosure, I'm not going, I'm not a prisoner of the moment and I've been a prisoner in the moment in the past. I, I, I lived in January of 2019 for a long time when Lowry marketing was averaging 24 and 10 in February of, of, of 2020 when Kobe White was averaging 30 points a game. So, you know, you, you have flashes of young guys and you don't know what it's going to be. And obviously this is a losing situation. CJ McCollum isn't playing, Dame isn't playing. The Blazers are ultimately going to be losing from here on out. Um, but I think it gives them a trade chip. It, it gives them bargaining power. And 
for a team that really only had CJ McCollum and questionable young assets, questionable pick assets. Now that now they could be riding to the offseason with a what they could say is a budding star, a lottery pick, and they have plenty of role players. That that's that's a position of power. And I think it's really on the Blazers organization that this is <laughs> their last, last, last chance to get it right. But they may be looking to go into the offseason reloaded, figure things out. Maybe, maybe that's the move. There's nothing. Because <laughs> that's probably all they can do, to be honest. Yeah, I'd say that that's probably 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 what they're looking at unless well unless James Dame fancies changing his mind really, but he's done that back and forth a few times. Dame I don't think Dame knows what's going on in his own brain. Let's just hope that this surgery was successful. Oh come on. And comes back as the real Dame, but whatever, what does he really want? Does he want to stay? Does he want to go give himself the best chance at winning a chip? I, I really don't know what, what Dame's what Dame's plan is. I'll I'll take him at face value. He's always said he wants to stay and he's had some so any dude, any, anyone's gonna say what he said is is some equivocal. I don't know. That that's just what you do in business. But when it came down to it, he's always held the bottom line, which he's gonna stay in Portland. And that that means something. I think that that definitely means something. Um, I'm a little sick of it. To be honest, I mean, I, I'm I'm a little sick of the whole. I'm the. It's it's so hard to be loyal. Like, okay, just the loyal guys. Just just they leave it at that. They don't they don't need to say it. That's it. But at any rate, you know who's not doing anything? It's not us because we've been bringing this content, trying to keep it at two episodes a week, and I gotta cut my time here because as usual, like I said, you give me Grizzlies, give me Bulls. I guess you give me Anthony Simons. I don't talk too much, but guys. Thank you again for joining us on this episode, seeing this way through. I hope you all have an awesome weekend. Ronan, my man, it's always good to talk to you. Always good to talk some some Knicks, some, some semi-borderline positive Knicks. And next time I ask you if you're hopeful, it, it better not be a maybe. I, I hope I see some more hope in you. I hope that too. And I, I, I just want to say to all our listeners, thank you very much. This is actually our 50th episode today. All right. 50th we are, anniversary. We are recording. So... Things things are growing. It's gonna be it's gonna be a big year for Coast to Coast. Thank you for listening. Uh, please continue to do so. Tell your friends and join us next time on Coast to Coast. Peace. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Coast to Coast. Don't forget to hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA Podcast to hear your takes discussed right here on the show. And remember, take every shot and love every moment.